Hey guys, it's Trisha Carr. I have new exciting things going on with my Mystic Arts Academy. You can now subscribe to receive all of the live monthly content for about a third of the investment of a single class. Included are at least one downloadable guided meditation per month, two live events ranging from classes, channeled messages, group readings, intuitive development guidance, Q&A sessions, and tons of community. You'll also have access to a private Facebook community for fellowship and support, and this space is kept super sacred and high vibrational. Your subscription gives you access to the whole library of classes and live events, which are on a vast array of topics. All events are offered online by Zoom video call, and many are also offered live in person at my studio here in Los Angeles. Subscribing to the Mystic Arts Academy is also a way for you to support the Charmed Life podcast and engage on a deeper level. I'm offering the subscription at a super low rate of $22 a month. Joining now locks in this rate for as long as you're subscribed. Click on the description of this episode or go to my website, trishacarcharm.com, and click on Mystic Arts Academy. I look forward to connecting. Welcome to Charmed Life a multimedia podcast discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I am your host, Trisha Carr. Welcome to this episode. I'm really excited. I have a fellow podcaster, fellow healer and reader on today. She has a friend, a really close friend, who was on the program um, a few weeks ago, several episodes ago. And so I am welcoming on today Natasha Levenger. She's an energy reader and healer and a spiritual coach. And I just love what she, how she combines all these different modalities, which we're going to get into today on this episode. Welcome, Natasha. Thank you. Hello. Did I say your last name right? I forgot to check. Yeah, you. you did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Great job. <laughs> and so, and so, Natasha is also co-host of Magic Monday podcast. So you, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. I mean, like you're just so magical, and I, I, I love what you guys are doing. Her podcast partner is Tess Whitehurst, who was on, like I say, a few several several weeks ago, several episodes back. So I'm yeah, really honored so. to have you on as well. So let's just get into it. Um, yeah. Let everyone know about your journey, what kind of work you're doing, um, and um, the podcast, all of it. Okay. <laughs> um, so you want me to <laughs> tell yeah. you my whole life? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, well, I was actually looking at your um, site, and we do a lot of the same things, it right? looks like animal communication you do animal um, communication yeah, i didn't know yeah. that oh yay i love it yeah do you have a lot of animals too, only, or uh, just... only 11 no I... oh well we have um 16 okay so. see <laughs> <laughs> so you I actually went. get we it went. i only have 11 <laughs> we, just, we have a very small space and uh yeah you win um no normally when i tell people that which i, I didn't expect you to they're like what and yeah. sometimes i frame yeah. it as we have 11 mouths or 11 buttholes <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, we used to live in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. too, Mm -hmm. and um, we had a smaller space. So um, when we we now live in Asheville and when we moved, it was like one of our goals was to have a bigger space so we could have more animals. So well, tell me about that's where we're going to start. Who lives with you? Who's all in your family? You have like a husband or something, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? I uh, so you have a husband, I'm sure, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? <laughs> my husband's always last of the list, even though I love him the most. <laughs> <laughs> well, my husband actually produces our podcast, so he's extra, extra special around here for that part. But he's also amazing. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a husband and two human children oh. um, who are 13 and almost 11. And oh. then we have 13 cats and um, three dogs. Oh my gosh, so 13 cats. How yeah. many of them are black? Well, are, are many of them ver- solid black? Yes, many <laughs> of them are solid black. Yeah. Um, not even, our, although we do like to adopt black cats because mm-hmm. um, they get, no one adopts them, which is terrible. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's so crazy. They are so, I mean, I love all cats, so, mm-hmm. but they're really great, obviously. Um, yeah, so what we did here is we have a finished basement. Actually, my husband built my daughter a loft bed and part of it, and um 
we have six cats that have leukemia there mm. because leukemia is um, mm-hmm. uh, contagious to yeah. other cats. So mm. they have to be completely quarantined and they're all healthy. They just carry, it's different than in humans. Sure, um, yeah. It's like a virus, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got, we were actually fostering. So I would always say, oh, we have 13 cats, but not really. We are, we only have seven, but then something happened and we had to adopt them all. So mm. we really do have 13 cats. But anyway, <laughs> so there's six down there in the basement. And then we have <laughs> two other floors. We always separate them like basement cats, upstairs cats, <laughs> downstairs cats, <laughs> and then three dogs. We have a chihuahua and Two chihuahuas and a boxer. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One big guy and two littles. That's cute. Yeah. We used to have a pit bull that we loved, and then that was a tragic story that I don't want to upset you with, so Mm -hmm. I won't say it, but he died. Like, yeah, that was almost two and a half years ago. Oh, but well, yeah, well, you have seven foster failures. I get mm-hmm. it. I have well, only I only have one foster failure. Oh, that's good. <laughs> well, you have more than than that. We actually we have this cat that I always say I Jane Goodalled her because she w- we got her from this rescue and she was extremely um, fractious. I mean, like extremely aggressive. Mm-hmm. And when we first got her, we put her on my husband's desk and she, <laughs> he couldn't get her off the desk to oh. work. Oh. And she kept scratching, like, like lunging at him. And he put on these two, he, he put on oven mitts, like long oven mitts and a leather jacket to protect himself just to move her. <laughs> and she tore them off his <laughs> arms but then they were going to take her and I was like what are you going to do with her and they said we will just put her back where she was which was this terrible like Mm -hmm. place that was getting her more anxious I was like well give us another try so they put her they had to net her like put her in a net anyway I don't know if this is why you wanted me to be on your show but here we are absolutely Um, (laughs) I want to hear all of it (laughs) Um, anyway we put her in this big dog crate it was like actually no it was a cage like you know, humane cage. But anyway, we slowly worked with her. And then one day, finally, she let me pet her. And now she's like, she's a member of our family. She's a normal cat, except that she hates um, other cats, which. Oh, (laughs) so I have that's I have. I have a cat who, okay. So we, was she feral? Are you saying, or was she actually in a She home? wasn't feral. She just so was, she was what happened. She's like already, you know, kind of got an edge. And then mm-hmm. she was dumped by her people Aww. and she was getting just more and more angry because they had her in this back area and she, you know, she was just getting more and more angry where she was. Mm-hmm. So she just needed to calm down mm-hmm to be normal she's still you know like we call her um, boss lady because she walks like you know she owns the room <laughs> yeah but <laughs> she just was pissed that she was where she was oh poor baby yeah, yeah. I have so you're described so I have one cat who doesn't like cats and he has his own apartment <laughs> is what we call it. <laughs> so this, you know we have this huge front room and it's 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 like his apartment and so he's in there during the day and then at night uh the other three so i actually have two ferals who so okay. yeah they i mean they're not totally feral because we have an emotional relationship and they mental and yeah. emotional and they look they look me in the eye and and they come within a foot of me when I'm out there, but I've never, you know, pet them. They, they don't have a physical, yeah. we don't have a physical relationship. And I haven't transitioned them because the female, they're a couple too, they're in love and they're married Aww. and the female has FIV. So, and it's very, it's a very good environment. Um, they don't leave the backyard, <laughs> but I, you know, yeah. I couldn't really take her as a mature um, FIV and bring her into my home. It's just too great a risk, you know? Because she's feral. I mean, normally it's not a big deal. We've had lots of FIV cats. Yeah. But But if they're feral. Feral, yeah, with the scratching and, you know. Yeah, yeah. We have two feral leukemia cats. Okay. Yeah. and But they're with other leukemia cats. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so that's, uh, but they're very happy on the back porch too. She and her husband, Tom. (laughs) 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 They are. They're they're married. Um, So we're going to call this episode Cat Chat. (laughs) Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I do have, um, I have an ex-feral. Her name is Delilah. And she she just grew in our garden. <laughs> I brought her in. <laughs> and she's, we call her spicy because she still has like that feral edge to her. But she's like mm-hmm. such a puddle. But the Aww. other one, yeah, he, the, the one, his name is Kankan. And he is a rehome. So he came to live with us just when he was about six. 
Um, and yeah, he doesn't like cats. <laughs> so he has, yeah. his own, he has his own apartment. But then at night, um, the other three, my the three who live inside, the other three who live inside, there are four inside all day. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> all together. The other three, ha- they've always, we've always put them in their own bedroom to go to sleep so that, you know, <laughs> you can sleep. And they, yeah. they were already, they, they like go right to bed and they wait for us to close Aww. the door. They like it. Um, but then Kong Kong gets to walk. He goes and reads the newspaper and checks the perimeter and then like comes to sleep with us. And then in the morning he just goes right to his apartment. He's like, come take me to my apartment now. Close the oh door, please. <laughs> anyway. That's so funny. So well, the deal is not liking actually, cats. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I want to hear about I want to hear about not liking cats. She actually. Go ahead, though. <laughs> oh, she well, she thinks she's a dog now. So she is like one with the dogs. We always say we're here on the couch with our four dogs because she's like really wants to be a dog. And. She's, I don't know. I mean, like, she's more bark than bite, definitely. Mm-hmm. But one of our cats, Keith, that comes downstairs, we have very little overlap from the ones that stay in our bedroom. They don't really come downstairs except for one. Mm-hmm. Keith, who she, like, will run up to him, like, all fierce. And then he gets scared and runs away. But really, if she confronted him, at, if he confronted her at all, she would just back off because we have another one who told me her name was Little Lady. We usually like to name our cats human names, but mm-hmm. she told me that was her name. So I was like, all right, <laughs> little cutesy, but if that's your name. So <laughs> then she actually was, like, kind of feral-ish, but not um, just, like, she's real skittish. Uh, that's skittish, like, um, mm-hmm. uh, I can't think of the word, but like loosey goosey with how she moves. Like mm. <laughs> she kind of lets you pet her, but she's real sweet. Anyway, she, when Georgia, the, the one that doesn't like cats comes up to her, she just goes right up to her. And so now Georgia does leave her alone, even though she's not her favorite. It's not like she's attacking her. So they have they something exist. worked out. They have something worked out. Yeah, exactly. So they you're an animal communicator one. with a cat who doesn't like cats. And so I don't have to feel guilty about having a cat who doesn't like cats. Cause I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to resolve this somehow, but I also well, have, you know what I mean? Like they, they're individual and it's a lesson exactly. that I've learned through my journey of being an animal you know, having animals in my family and then also with the being, you know, animal communication and just learning that not every relationship that you have with each of your animals is going to be like the other ones and they're going to be individual and, you know, like Kankan just basically, I don't like, I don't like cats. And he's actually, he's a, he's a purebred Russian blue and those, and you know, someone else bought him and we, right, right. Not that that matters. They're all cats and (laughs) they're all animals. But yeah, yeah. I know shop, not adopt, (laughs) but I did. I actually adopted or adopt, not shop. I said that wrong anyway. um, But they are known to be like they bred them to be human companions. And so I wonder if that's it. Like if it's kind of a part of his conditioning, his DNA conditioning. Right. I mean, it's just like with people, you know, sometimes your patterns are just really in there Mm -hmm. and it takes a while to clear them out unless you're, and if you're not working on them, I mean, that's just their personality and you're not going to really, I mean, I did work on updating their contracts with, with Georgia and Keith, the one that she's like real, aggressive with uh-huh i do that pretty regularly well let's so talk about that in. let's talk about updating the soul contract so let's think about okay now we're going to get into yeah <laughs> i think everyone <laughs> Actual, enjoyed it. i'm going to affirm that everyone enjoyed it <laughs> yeah. our cat communicate our cat <laughs> conversation um so updating and and yeah that's i think that would be really interesting because as an animal communicator i'm sure even that you are like me and i learn so much from about you know how to work with people from um, not just so much everything because they are more natural animals in nature it's natural and we are when we're off we're out of sync with nature and out of which nature and spirit you're we're out of sync with those and that so talk about updating the soul contract both from the animal like working with your animals how you do that for your animals and then how you do it for your clients your human clients <laughs> mm-hmm. well um i think it might be different than what you well i don't know how you do it you can tell me after but mm-hmm. um i just it's actually pretty simple for the most part i just bring up the contract mm-hmm. um i just <laughs> maybe that sounds like not simple to people but you can just do it i mean you can just I imagine the contract there and then I get a feel for what's on it. I look at like, 
is it in present time? Is it in past time? Where are they? You know, what, what is on it? What pictures? I, I work in pictures mm-hmm. mostly. I do everything, kind of all the different things. But initially, I'll probably, I would look at pictures like, I can just do it right now to look at Keith. So like, I'll just get a sense like, oh, Keith is retreating. He feels like actually in his third chakra that he's well, because she's whacking him in his third chakra. <laughs> she's sending him a court, like trying to like, yeah, show who's boss. Mm-hmm. So I would clear that off the contract um, and bring Keith more in present time so that he's not operating from past pictures of what was happening. I think for me with contracts, the most powerful thing is to bring it into present time. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting with a lot, I will see often in family contracts that the family, depending on the family, they don't want to update. <laughs> I've seen some pretty controlling families. I mean, no judgment, but that's just where they are. They're very um, married to their contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so humans, there's only though. so I, I am not an invasive uh, healer. I don't right. mess with I, I have to have agreement on an energy level mm-hmm. from everybody Um that what I'm doing is okay. And I feel that agreement. If there's resistance, I won't do it. Sure. Cause I'll just be like, okay, this is what they're willing to do. Um, do you like, for it, example, do you ask Keith, like, as you recognize that it, before you proceed or you're just kind of doing it, it's just energetically. And you know that if it's shown to you, then that's something that, is. Um, you know what I mean? Like, do you, yeah, it well, so it's different for Keith. Um, it's different because I know he trusts me and that he's, he works, you know, I work with him a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, If he's right in front of me, I'll tell him like, Oh, I want to do this now. (laughs) He's never said no. Yeah. George is a little more like, "Mm," but she'll do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But with other people, if I, I will, if they're not in the room, I'll have to, I can't do heal. I won't do healing. Some people that aren't in the room, Yeah, but I will look at their energy as much as they will let me on a being Mm -hmm. level. I mean, it's not infrequent that I'll say if somebody's asking about another person Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't want to be seen, I'll just have to tell them they're only showing me like a little bit. So I can only do what they're, I'm not gonna, there are people that I've worked with that just go in the people's spaces without permission. And I don't, I don't don't agree with that either. I, and what it is, is how I describe it, the way the words that I put to it is, so I'm with, you know, client call her Susan and Susan says, I'm having a problem with my mom, Lucy. And so it's like anything, any information that comes in about Lucy, about the mom, it go, I'm going through the portal of Susan, the one who is asking, and it's kind of like Lucy's public broadcast. You know what I mean? It's almost like her Facebook profile <laughs> that she's already oh, funny. obviously showing the world. And then it always seems to relate back to Susan. You know what I mean? Like, because she's oh, the one yeah. who's consenting. I'm, I know you I know you agree with that. I can feel it. But I'm just saying it for people out there who's listening. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we want absolute... Um, explicit consent from others but when you're in a when you're in a situation working with one person then there's like relationships and there are the the uh the cords between them and the 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 you know that exist between them that are kind of the resonant energy between the two of them but 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 you can you can go into people's field without their permission and Mm -hmm. that's not cool that's like hacking into their facebook profile and looking at the credit card information (laughs) yeah yeah exactly that's a good way to put it yeah i'd never go into spaces but i will i feel like I mean, I feel like most of the time I see more than, say, their Facebook profile, but it's whatever they are allowing on a being yeah. level. And you can feel it, you know. Um, well, I literally won't be able to see it. Yes. Yeah. Because you uh, because of your intention. Your intention is gentle. Yes. And what, what only the, you know, the free will and all that kind of. Yeah, totally. I agree. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, and it's um, the other even. But here's the other thing. Like you said, it's more than your Facebook profile. But the other thing is you would be able to look at someone's Facebook profile and get a lot more than most people because of what <laughs> you can. You know what I mean? Like you, what you can see in, by even if you're just using what you can feel empathically. And you know what I mean? Like it's just it's it can yeah. be a really it can be extremely accurate and, and it tends to happen. Well, the other thing is it like, do, are, do you do mediumship too? Do you, do you connect with? Well, yeah, I do. Stuff? I, I don't, I have a, um, 
mixed feeling about these words they're just hard to know so uh, yeah I talk to dead people (laughs) yeah yeah put it that way yeah Yeah. but I don't like channel again with this going in spaces I don't channel them Mm -hmm. like I don't feel them in my energy field I I talk to them like like another person you know as if they did have a body Mm -hmm. so yeah I guess it's mediumship I you know because also as far like I call what I do energy reading Mm -hmm. and healing so the first part is of my if you had a session with me the first part is a reading then the second part is the healing of every session so in every session so um some people I think traditionally it's called psychic reading or Mm -hmm. intuitive reading but I none of that feels right to me because I don't tell the future Mm. Yeah, um, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think of psychic as necessarily having to do with precognition. And I, I very, mm. very, in very infrequently do I read timelines. Like I don't even look at timelines. Every now and again, I feel like a timeline can be helpful because mm-hmm. it can be either a caution or it can be a motivation. But I don't, I don't ever. And when someone asks me about a timeline thing, I'm like, well, you're just going to limit yourself to this energy snapshot. You don't want to do that. Yeah, good point. <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's all. Also, it is. I don't really believe. I think sometimes the future. I mean, there's so many variable futures, like of you course. said. You don't yeah. want to limit yourself. Yeah. So occasionally, I will do it. If it's like the next week and it's very urgent, like for sure. instance, my, yeah, my mm-hmm. husband's father passed away in June and he was, while he was still alive, my husband was like, I don't know if I should go now or wait. And his family was telling him, you, you know, you can wait. It's okay. But I really got, oh no, that mm-hmm. I, that was one time where I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to feel the energy. And I think sometimes when the energy is really strong, like if somebody like, like, my father-in-law was ready to go. So it was like, yeah, all of his energy was, it was pretty clear. Yeah. You know, that it was like, it could have changed, you know, maybe he wouldn't have, but, but it, that's where his momentum was. Do you know who, uh, Daryl Anka is? He's a channel and he channels someone, uh, um, an ET entity named Bashar. Have you ever heard? Oh, yeah. Well, one thing that Bashar says, the way that he talks about, um, creating a reality is that we are selecting billions of parallel realities or we're Mm. selecting our parallel realities billions of times per second so you think about it that way like in one second there are billions of of parallel realities and that's how we're actually creating the future then yeah there's uh, now i mean the reason i think that fortune telling or, or future telling can happen is because there's just so many choices and it seems pretty obvious that people are not going to change their ways. And I actually wrote an article about this probably two, three years ago. And it's like why psychics shouldn't predict the future. And I used it. Just, mm. That's kind of jarring. But it's because that's the that's the hopefully if or actually, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going all over the place. I'm now remembering Edgar Casey said that he tells the future so that it won't come true. I think he's credited with mm. saying that. You know, as a it's again a cautionary tale. So hopefully this won't happen. Um, and even mm-hmm. if you have a positive fortune telling that comes through, it's like, well, don't limit yourself to that. Maybe instead of two years, it can happen in one year. You know, instead of two months, it could be two weeks if that's what's more aligned. If you, you know, get in that alignment. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never wanted to go. So yeah, yeah so far in the future doesn't. No, yeah. Um, but but I realized that I didn't finish my other. Mm part about the contract mm-hmm. um do you want me to finish please yeah talking about that yeah oh well anyway because I realized that <laughs> it just came to me Keith was like you need to finish that after this call I was like oh yeah I started to do it in real time and then I was like I didn't finish oh it. <laughs> like while you were with me like yeah now, you said Keith's like hello my record's yeah. open <laughs> yeah exactly the contract it's just hanging there but anyway yeah I'll have to go through that but I don't I will be curious to hear I don't know if you've talked about this a lot on here how you look at contracts but yeah um, but yeah that's what I do I just try to update as my, I de-energize a lot of my work is de-energizing pictures which are essentially like visual representations of your beliefs and mm-hmm. how you're going through life um, so that's what I would do just like brush off the contract with all of that stuff take out well, it's different with people, but with in this case, I would take out the cords, mm-hmm. give them a little healing, and then update it in present time. And then I put it in a little gold light and just send it up. 
Fascinating. That's really, and you know that with the pictures that you're talking about, have you ever heard of neuro-linguistic programming? NLP? Yeah. yeah. And have you ever taken it? Because that's, yeah. that's something that is done uh, in NLP is to take a picture, whether it's a movie or a snapshot of something, drain the color out of it, change the shape of it, move it around and stuff to like, actually what you're doing is you're changing the neural architecture associated with that belief or pattern or memory or event or whatever. And mm -hmm. so then you're, you're changing the energy of it. It's kind of like, you know, EFT uh, tapping mm -hmm. and you're interrupting the energy, you know, by tapping mm -hmm. on the meridians. So w by changing this, it's called submodality, by changing the picture of it, you're actually changing the static energy about it and, you know, making it. Anyway, that's the NLP. Oh, I, I've doing. heard of NLP. I didn't realize that's what they do. That's one of the things. It's one thing that's yeah. done. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. I'm yeah because that's what I do. I look at like, for instance, if people are courting each other or animals, then I'll look at, there's always a picture behind the cord. Mm -hmm. So I'll de-energize that, drain it into something and blow that up. And then, yeah. That's so cool. And I'm studying NLP now. And as I'm studying it, um, and there's like this other thing and I'm like, oh, I already do that. <laughs> and it's like yeah, really cool. cool because it's natural. And that's just a system that's organized some of those tools. But, you know, like you or I, and different healers or readers come across these things naturally because they're just natural and uh, very, very resourceful uh, tools that we all just kind of do. So yeah. tell us about you. You see pictures in the chakras, too. That's I, I, yeah. 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 How, how to explain that, because I'm, no. I don't necessarily hear people um, talk about it that way. So, yeah. What's your. Oh, OK. Well, this is where I how I learned it um, where I like officially went to school for doing what. I to learning how to do this healing in a deep way. So I went to, um, well, I actually learned from a teacher who um, went to Psychic Horizons School in San Francisco. And that's their, this is like their, um, uh, ac their program curriculum. Um, so essentially what I do is um, when, when anybody, I mean, I have my own take on it, but the basis of it is that I look in the chakras for when someone has an issue, I can see like, Oh, a certain chakra will light up or it will be just really obvious um, which chakra is involved and the pictures will light up. So I'll just like look at the pictures and move them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I just tell, oftentimes I'll just tell the people what I'm seeing as I'm draining them mm -hmm. just so they can know what's happening and get that validation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, that's how, I mean, like I said, they teach in pictures because from their philosophy is there's, it's a lot um, less mergy mm -hmm. energetically if it's yeah. in pic visual. Right. But my main um, way of doing my psychic work or whatever you want to call it is uh, I often will just get feelings mm -hmm. and I'll end hearing. Mm -hmm. So I'll hear a lot of times, oh, or I'll just know this is what's happening and then I'll ask for the picture of that knowing so that I can drain it mm -hmm. um, sometimes it is just an energy field like a lot of times I'll see invalidation in people's spaces so mm -hmm. that's not a picture that's just an energy level yeah so I'll get that out of there because nobody wants invalidation in their space <laughs> um but yeah so that's like the main thing that I learned when I I have changed a bunch of things since uh, not changed but added on to their um curriculum like I said they're really really strict about the merging because you mm -hmm. know as empaths and psychic people energy reading people were very sensitive mm -hmm. so I do appreciate that they stress that because they did I do a whole separation after each reading so that people's energies go back to them you know so it's not so mergy mm -hmm. um and um but at the same time you go with your instinct and your intuition and a lot of times that is about I, it's a knowing that mm -hmm. I get I have, uh, yeah, there's another, I don't know if it's the same, I don't think it's the same system, I can't remember. My friend David Gandelman, who's been on the program a couple of times, and he's trained in a, in a similar way, and he teaches his students to start with clairvoyance and has them to stop feeling, stop feeling. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. And, and like, it's a, a way to start. And then I talked to him about it in depth, and, and it's kind of like, yes, well, after you develop your clairvoyance or, or something like you're saying, it's a little bit more, it's cleaner in a way, the clairvoyance, and then later 
when you do a certain amount of work or you understand yeah. it better, then you can bring in the, the Claire Ascensions or something, which makes yeah. a lot of, it actually makes a lot of sense. If I look at my path, I think I just kind of had to do that because my being so highly empathic and not being uh, over a certain threshold of being healed and understanding the balance of the empathic nature moving <laughs> as a healing implement rather than a sponging implement. Yes. And you can project and project your own pain if you're using that sensitive nature. Mm. And so I think I did start to rely on clairvoyance or clairaudience mm -hmm. and then later kind of brought the clair sentience or the you know the empathic nature back into it and mm -hmm. learned a, a lot how to use it better and I think that I also tell another thing that I so I teach my students you know to use their tools I teach them about projection and I teach them that and this is something I do like if you are having a hard time like you're having a challenge or something emotional going on but you have an, a session you have a reading maybe mm. emphasize clairvoyance because you might be a little weak in the sensitive nature you know what I mean? it's just a suggestion right but, yeah no that's a good idea yeah. the another great thing that i learned from there was about the center of the head mm -hmm. so that's like the point of neutrality mm. so you and it's not how I learn it is this, you imagine like a gold ball in the center of your head and mm -hmm. expands and then you go back down. And so that's where the reading is coming from. It's not coming from a chakra mm -hmm. or anything else. So there's the center of your head. Then there's the analyzer, which is like right in front of that. And then there's your sixth chakra. Mm -hmm. um, so just being real careful. Sometimes you'll know like sometimes there's pretty invasive guides going on in the people's spaces mm -hmm. and occasionally they'll get into my space and I'll know because I'll be like, whoa, I don't, <laughs> I'm not able to see anything right now. So I'll have to take a second to go back to the center of my head. Mm -hmm. So for having that as your, as my anchor has been really good um, for neutrality because mm -hmm. you have, you do have to be in neutrality. I have had lots of sessions with people who even having that I mean you have to just be so we're humans you know so it's real easy to get out of neutrality yeah. and project yeah absolutely be real careful about that I think are you do you know your human design type no oh I'm so what? curious <laughs> oh go find what, it out what is, email that? is that Akashic record thing or no what human is design I'm new to it or you know just oh, learning okay. about it but human design is uh it actually takes into um it, it part of it, it's got four different modalities so the chakra system um, astrology the I Ching and the Kabbalah tree of life but it is based like the way you find out is off of your birth date you know just like with the natal chart and natal astrology oh chart. so and so like there's a site that says human design and your birth date you can look up human design and the way to find your your type is on mybodygraph.com. But if you just Google human okay. design, I'm just curious about it because um, I'm learning a little bit about it. And so, um, yeah, I'm imagining fun. that you are either a projector or you could be a reflector like me. So anyway, mm, find out. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll you email know. you and tell you okay. what it was. Yeah, you, you need to know your time. of. It's just like with your natal chart, your time of birth oh, as well. That's so, fun. Um, I love all that stuff. <laughs> but the reason I say is because I know what I had already learned about the way my aura works. And then after I was introduced to human design, the human design model actually confirmed it. And it freaked me out a little bit. And I had an astral dream where my guides were really in depth explaining to me about how my aura works. The way that my aura works is that it's what they call a sampling aura. So it samples everything. It just sounds like the ultimate empath. Uh, you know what I mean? But yeah, the reason I bring it up, too, is because you were talking about this, the golden sphere in the center of the head. That's actually how I feel my energy field to be. And like in the center of my energy field is like nothing. <laughs> it's like pure consciousness. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. But pure consciousness is nothing. It doesn't know anything. Right. And so then, you know, all the different layers and the sampling and everything is I don't know. It's it's that's how I how I learned to deal with my sensitive nature, my empathic nature was because as I sample it, but I have to release it and not identify to it. And yeah, and I do use it in readings that way. So yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, well, it, that's how I mean, a lot of people that's how I learned how to survive yeah. growing up was exactly. to <laughs> be able to read my parents. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then yeah, and then it took many years to yeah release my mother's energy from Stop doing my it. field yeah and yeah. it's still in there a little I was gonna bit. say you did it already <laughs> yeah <laughs> well as 
spent many years. <laughs> it's been a long time, yeah. but yeah, it is still, it's still yeah. in there. A I was bit. just clearing some stuff this morning because, you know, the path is a spiral, as they say. So I've yep. come back around and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this one moment with my mom in a store mm -hmm. and I was seven and this was happening. <laughs> I was literally clearing that. It, it's, it's a... Uh, Really, really, yeah. yeah. And I actually did what we're talking about. I, I uh, changed the modality of it. I froze it. I drained the color out of it. I changed it. I d dematerialized it. I let it become neutral energy. I was grateful for the lessons for it. I like went to my mom's higher self and said, "We made it. We both did it. It's fine. Mm. We're great." You know, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm so proud of you, and I'm good. proud of me. You know, yeah. To, to is she those. alive still? She is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you? Do you talk? Is she? Are you close to her? Are you? Do well, it's we have a lot of. Um, there's a lot of mess in the family. So yeah. she's married to a person that I, is not in my life. And so, okay. kind of, but, you know, the door is open for our relationship. But since she has a partner that is, yeah. you know, there's no relationship well, you there. You don't have to be open to it anyway. I mean, yeah. my mom is now dead, but when she was alive, we had very, it was fine, but I had, I had to have like all the boundaries up, mm -hmm. like no yeah. real connection. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we talked, but yeah. Yeah, we talk occasionally, but it's, it's she's a, anyway, yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a thing. I'm not shy to share it. It's it, for myself personally. Uh, I just don't want to tell other people's story. I don't want to tell her story, obviously. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, sense. boundaries, you know what I mean? I still have to have boundaries because there are just choices and, and patterns over there that I no longer want to have active in my life. And I've actually been... We haven't really had a close relationship for 25 years now. Mm -hmm. So given the the deep, profound, horribly abusive, sad, traumatic stuff that it's not just that person, but like with my father, too, who is past, mm -hmm. um, because I, I separated from them from early adulthood on, I think the cleanup was a little bit easier because, you know, you're not activating the patterns. And um, yeah. not that I wish that on other people. Like, yeah, first, leave your family and then we'll fix you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Sometimes you, if it's that toxic, yeah. you you yeah. really have to. I mean, yeah. for your own, yeah, especially if you're a, someone that feels other people's feelings really strongly, they really get in there. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's why as uh, you know, when I found again, this work that I do now, when I was learning it, I was, it was the most powerful um, of all the modalities that I learned because it was all about, or maybe that's what I was focusing on was just clearing out my space, clearing it out, clearing it out, clearing out so that I could have access to my own information. And, you know, like you said, it's all a spiral because now I'm noticing, Oh, now it's like body level stuff for so yeah. long. It was, um, just energy level mm -hmm. stuff because I am so sensitive that I just didn't have that energy boundary. That was so huge for me when I got an energy boundary mm. and I learned about that and how to clear out other people's. Yeah. Cause my mother's energy was very strong. How, how long has she been gone? Uh, seven and a half years. Oh, that's a long time. And I always like to say that, uh, <laughs> our relationship is better now than it ever has yeah. been. <laughs> Yeah, because we talk, and that's not like, oh, because she's dead. No, it's because <laughs> we talk, you know, yeah. and she's is you know, when it was so clear to me when she died that the ego just died right away. Mm. And it's not that she became like, you know, the empress loving nurture, you know, some ideal mother figure, but mm. she was loving like she had more access to knowing, oh, I shouldn't have done that or mm. that wasn't helpful and it was definitely, she still had her sassy, she still has yeah. her sassy nature, but it's like way softer. I mean, she was not soft at all um, in body. That's uh, how it's turning out with my dad. My dad's been gone mm. now three and a half years and mm -hmm. we didn't have a relationship. Uh, I saw him about I saw him three three times or something like that the last five years that he was alive but before that I hadn't seen him for 20 plus years at all and no oh, wow yeah didn't didn't speak um he was very very riddled with alcoholism and mm. um he was very when we were younger not not as he got older I don't think but he was violent you know and um so that the violence mellowed out later in his life I don't think he had any domestic issues, domestic violence with his wife after my mother. But it's interesting since he's passed and I, I actually crossed him over when he passed and because he was terrified. 
I oh, mean, wow. yeah, he, he came to me freaked out because he was, a, oh. he, he said a, like in his love while he was alive that he was just going to hell. So that was his belief. And he was uh. terrified. Of, yeah. And he was really toward the end too. He was terrified of dying. He was like checking his heart rate all the time because he knew, you know, he knew that it was, it was getting close to his time. And he was just terrified of that punishment thing, that model of hell and burning to death and all not burning to death, burning for eternity, whatever that model is. He was yeah. really conditioned in that. So when he was passing and he actually crossed over before his body had completely expired. Oh, wow. But he came to me freaked out. Um, and so uh, that was actually was interesting. When he came to me freaked out, I was just went into meditation and he showed up in my field like, ah! and and I was like, okay, hold on. And I put like, talk about boundaries. <laughs> I put up a white light. And I was like, how do I do this? <laughs> I have no oh. idea. <laughs> and um, yeah, we just I walked him, walked him to the light. And it was, wow. it was wild. And um, so what happened when he, I'm curious, because I have a less important story, but about <laughs> having some, well, I mean, less emotionally charged about mm-hmm. sending someone, helping someone go to the light. But mm-hmm. um, what happened? When Did you see him go or? Yeah, I mean, it was, I, I don't have it because, of course, you know, when we are in deep states anyway, you, there's amnesia. So I, I kind of have a, I have an energy memory of it. But, yeah, I did. I remember what I remember is so it was the days leading up to it. He was actually, um, I guess, kind of in a coma or something. Mm-hmm. And so I was connecting with them before that and in another state. I never I didn't go to the state. I didn't go to see him. Um, yeah. And he was so he was like out of it. And when I was connecting with him at first, he was like all like, oh, hey, baby. And, you know, just like he was just cruising because he was on, you know, they had him medicated and he just thought he was dreaming. Mm. And and but he was talking about his mom being in the his mom was passed and his dad and everything and talking about it everyone who was there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and then I was like, hey, daddy, if you get scared. Um, just come find me, okay? And he's like, oh, okay, you know, like blah blah, blah whatever, like just dreaming. <laughs> and then, oh, and he did. I remember him saying, "Okay, baby, Trish, you're my angel." And we're from Texas. Mm. You're my angel, my angel. And I was like, "Yeah, Daddy, I'll be your angel." <laughs> Aww, and, that's sweet. Yeah, and then so that was like two days, and then and then he, um, I was driving actually, and all of a sudden I felt in my body, <gasps> and oh I could, wow, well I could feel that he had left his body and that his body wasn't viable for him to go back. And wow. I was driving and my sister called and and right after that, and I was like, he's not going back into his body. She goes, that's why I'm calling. I thought that too, which is weird because she's not like a, you know, it's not like she does this for a living. She's just a sensitive type. And yeah. you're there, you're super psychic or mediumistic or whatever when your parent is going yeah. through, you know what I mean? Even if you don't have a relationship or whatever, it just, it kicks on that DNA. And so- It can. It can, yeah, it doesn't necessarily, yeah. that's true. That's right. But my sister is like, you know, already- very um sensitive i guess and Mm -hmm. so then the but it was the next morning so it wasn't until the next morning that then he showed up at my meditation freaked out because again he was just hanging out in the room having a party (laughs) you know what i mean just thought like oh i'm dreaming this is cool and yeah and then um but it was interesting when he came to me freaked out i had a i i asked my family later i was like asked my sister i was like did you guys decide to like that you weren't going to keep him on because we're going to unplug him you know and I was like did you decide that at about 8 40 and she was like yeah because that's when he showed up and oh wow so he either heard it or felt it or whatever you know that yeah he wasn't going yeah. back in his body so yeah I um I talked to him about you know I after I put this white light up to to give me some space to kind of regroup and then I just held his hand and I said you know you know talked about his mom coming and that was all real and everything's going to be fine and I just asked him to focus on me as he kind of it almost felt like he was backing into it <laughs> you know what I mean yeah 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 and I was like it's okay daddy go ahead go ahead go ahead and then yeah you know, just kind of was gone. You know? and have you talked to him since yeah yeah I have yeah it, it, it took a while and again we didn't have much of a relationship and a friend of mine a few people like would pick him up when they were doing practice readings like my students will do practice readings on us or a friend was like talking to me and weirdly his wife died a year later on his birthday Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So he came through then, and it's been a little bit more and more since. So, yeah, he's been yeah. really encouraging and helping me with patterns, you know, as we're working on – I'm working on something in a, a workshop, you know, like where I'm attending, not giving the workshop, and uh-huh. he'll show up, and he'll have all these synchronicities, and 
it's pretty amazing. Yeah, they. I think because when we heal mm-hmm. ourselves, we heal the past and we heal exactly. these patterns that they want us. They're like rooting yes. for us because yes. we're healing. I mean, it makes it sound selfish, but you know, they know how big it is. It's like uh, that we're healing not just them, but like the whole line. Including for the, our relatives who are here still. So like today, yeah. like you were asking me if my mom was passed because I did all of this healing. That healed our line and that healing is offered to her. Obviously, we can always reject any healing that's offered, but right. why wouldn't she, you know, receive that yeah. healing? Um, yeah. I feel like I've been talking so much and I'm trying <laughs> when I know oh, all no, about you, no, no, but I feel like great. also we're just hanging out. <laughs> Yeah. Even more than usual. Um, yeah. Well, I just want to say, um, I'm hearing a weird noise, but anyway, um, I wanted to say that uh, when my mom passed, I didn't, I wasn't aware. So it was like a real oh, shock. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I didn't necessarily, I didn't feel that, but I had a very strange um, experience with when I first, I was first, well, I had been meditating a while, but I first, I was like, this was now, well, it was 1999. And I just started like talking to guides, Mm -hmm. um, just experiencing it. Like, I guess it was kind of channeling at that point. I was writing out what their message was to me and stuff. And, um, I was sleeping one night and (laughs) Jay, I always am like, it wasn't really JFK Jr. because, you know, we always think, like, why is it always a famous person to come to you? But I thought I was dreaming. Well, I was dreaming. And that he, JFK Jr., had come to me and he was, like, kind of floating in between and he was confused about oh. where he was. Hmm. And I was like, well, have you asked your guides? And he was like, what guides? And I was like, well, if I have guides, you have guides. <laughs> and And I was like, look up. And he looked up and he got sucked into the light and I woke up like like I was sucked up awake <laughs> oh, that's amazing <laughs> I know it was so amazing wait when did it he pass like, I don't remember was that around the time 1999 okay yeah yeah it okay. was like a, a month after maybe oh, wow maybe a couple of weeks after and you know I also say like people will use valences you know, they'll like, they'll have a valence. Sometimes it won't be like, sometimes I see this, my, a friend of mine who passed uh, when he first passed, he was putting on a valence of like a, um, an Indian sage. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. that's not what he looked like, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. real life. But so I'm like, well, maybe it wasn't him, but it, whoever it was definitely needed help and definitely like was sucked up into the light. Cause I, it was really crazy. It was like the most physical experience I've ever had and I've had that before and I think when my dad crossed I could really feel and he probably did use some of my energy and and so I I've you know, and I felt that before where they actually kind of use your crown or something to mm, as a portal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not like something that's necessary. And it's certainly not something that I would teach people if I were teaching them how to, you know, as, to be mediumistic, to teach them that because you don't want to leave yourself vulnerable to it. I, But I do kind of have, you know, you have like with your guides, hey, you know what's best and this, you know, I only want the best thing for myself and then everyone. And so, you know, things are kind of creatively done sometimes so that it helps. Yeah. But it's always like it was, it, it didn't deplete me at all. You know, that's always. Right. Yeah, that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, knowing how to heal yourself if you are feeling depleted. Yeah. I do think where I went, where I learned the basic stuff that I do, um, like the spine of what I do, got me a little bit to, um, I mean, it's, it's I was going to say careful about like not bringing anybody in and protecting my space and stuff like that. But um, I think that at this, I mean, this is now I've been doing this since 2001. So like at this point I can, uh, I think that it's okay. Like, you yeah. know what you're doing. Yes. You can. Right. And the, and again, it's okay if, if there's something new you're learning and then you get, you know what I mean? Like you, you're finding new boundaries, new edges to your work. Yes. That's yeah. going to happen too. But definitely that's why I think the model that you were taught and that my friend teaches can be very smart, like to start with clairvoyance so that they aren't merging as, as you say, that, that seems yes. like a really smart way to teach people who are just starting to understand their energetic abilities. So, yes. 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 Uh-uh, yes. I'm with them on And that. it's really good to know. I mean, I have helped people remove aliens, and, mm-hmm. you know, other beings that they didn't want in their space. And you mm-hmm. definitely need to be neutral. Like, yes. I'm very grateful for my training in that case, because even if you could sense that something was there, if you're scared, 
that's not going to help. Right. Absolutely. No, because then you're acknowledging that you're somehow vulnerable to it, which you're not. You know what I mean? You have right. Exactly. You're rejecting your free will choice and sovereignty and everything. Exactly. And a lot of times these things that are hanging around, if they are hanging around, don't want to cause harm. They just. They're just bored or some of them are mundane. Some of them are bored. Some of them are just like not much different than people. You know what I mean? Like they don't. Yeah. They're reckless or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah. We- and they just need to have the boundary. Like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, no. This last one I was, I did a month ago. The client was referring to them as shadow people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sounds ominous. And when I went in and saw it, it was like, oh, yeah, I could see why he said that. But they were just like these silly kind of aliens who were taking notes on him. <laughs> And he was like, that's exactly what I feel like there's, I was like, they're studying you. And he was like, yes, that's what it is. Like, I don't want them studying me. (laughs) So I was like, okay, listen, guys, let's just (laughs) stop it. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious to me. Because I I had this picture of them being like these short little nerdy guys. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And he saw them as huge. So I was like, oh, what are we going to deal with here? But then it was just like, oh, no, go find something else to study. (laughs) Go ask someone's permission. Like maybe that too, yes. especially if we're talking about some some like Zeta, Zeta Reticula and some other um, alien or ET species, they don't really understand how sensitive we are. You know what I mean? Like and they and some of them, if you just told them, look, if you ask there are pe- pe- people who would be complicit if you're going to be cool and you ask their permission and then it might be easier for you. They may actually need that explained to them. Some of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beings, totally. That, yes. <laughs> like just ask for someone maybe into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they have the information to go figure it out who would be into it. <laughs> they probably didn't even know. Like I didn't yeah. ask them because I was just focused on getting them away. And that's away, all that's but... really important. Right? What's that? I, that's all that's important is getting them away. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, your job. Yeah. That's your... <laughs> they probably didn't even know it was that upset about or you know they're just like oh we're being secretive but this guy was so sensitive yeah that he could tell <laughs> Poor guy. <They> probably- <laughs> I, know, I don't need to laugh really just, bad for him. i'm laughing at the work that we do it's so weird i know <laughs> Sometimes it you is see it from totally the <laughs> <laughs> um okay well i want to ask you about another about animal communication the school in san francisco did you study animal communication there or how did you start doing the um, animal work is it yeah, him? so yeah. no, I didn't, but um, actually what really happened was, well, first of all, animals are just like people, you yeah. know, so mm-hmm. I just used the same technique. Yeah. I didn't ever, I never took a specific mm-hmm. animal communication class there. Um, unfortunately, what really clicked on all, it really, what gave me the confidence was um, when my dog died. And mm-hmm. so I was trying to find him because mm-hmm. he had gotten out. And I had a cord sent to him and mm-hmm. I was like, I saw that I was like, Charlie, get up, get up. Cause I saw he was laying down and mm-hmm. I was not neutral whatsoever because right. I was so upset. And, um, he was like a heavy, like, I was like, he's just so tired. Mm-hmm. But what I realized after was that he was dead. So yeah. that's why his body wasn't moving. And that's what he was trying to tell me. But, um, even though at that point I had done, I don't even know how many years, over a decade of doing readings for people at that point, um, or for myself too, um, with animals, I have such a sensitivity to them that it was really hard for me to be a neutral. So I was always like, no, I, I don't really do that. But that kind of, it's kind of sad to say, but gave me the confidence to know that I knew what I was doing because Mm -hmm. it was so clear that I had contact with him Mm -hmm. when I did that. Um, So since then I've been doing it Mm. pretty regularly and he's been talking to me a lot too. He's a little helper, but, um, but yeah, I, sometimes animals talk to me so clearly it's like I had a friend last year, her dog got out and her dog told me I'm trapped in a barn. Like it came out of nowhere. I just heard him say that. And he had been gone for a week. She thought for sure he was dead. I was like, I really don't think he's dead. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he was, he was trapped in a barn. So mm-hmm. sometimes it comes really clearly just, yeah. So nothing I was trained mm-hmm. to do just because I think because I do this work so much that I'm open in that way. So of course it would go to animals yeah, too. Absolutely. I just had kind of resisted doing it because I never want to tell anyone that their cat is dying, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point now when I'm in neutral, um, 
when a cat is dying, I'm able to tell them like, okay, they're looking at it, looking at death mm-hmm. or um, they, you know, I can see all the more positive aspects of it, Yeah, you know, so it's a little bit, um, I have less resistance now. I mean, I have no resistance now because okay. I'm doing it. Although I will say that like finding animals. Uh-huh. Is the, I was going to ask you that next. It's the hardest one, isn't it? Oh, you think so too? Well, it's hard to be neutral too with that one yes. because I want that outcome. so. And it's like, for me, that's the most, that for personally, you know what I mean? It's hard for me to be neutral because yeah. being having my animal lost is way I don't want to say it's worse but the it somehow is just so much more terrifying than even just their natural death because their natural death is there you go you know what I mean like right that's every, 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 we're gonna have to live that but yeah mm-hmm. it's hard and it's also the, I've had many very successful lost animal cases but I don't take them that often I actually kind of dissuade it and, Me too. Yeah. And the, the thing, the way that I am most successful, though, is to be there physically. And a lot of my clients are online because my uh, body is then like a dousing rod. It's a divining rod and I can, you know, go where they are. Yeah. Um, but I've also been able to scry on a map from, a lo- mm. you know, and as I did that night, I took it, this map where I had circled, just scryed into it and circled to on a Google map and gave it to the person. And then I actually did show up the next day and my body took me to that place. She goes, that's where you circled yesterday. And I was looking here yesterday. <laughs> she, oh. But she was panicked. You know what I mean? Like she's, she doesn't know how to be neutral. And, and it was a cat. Yeah. So the cat's hiding and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, yeah it's, it's really hard to find. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes when it's clear, it's super clear. Yeah. Like, oh, this animal got hit by a car. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, or whatever. But when they're, maybe it's because they're moving. Because actually right now my neighbor's dog, is lost mm. and I did see like the general area and I also saw like oh I think they're in a house because I saw the a window and stuff but but it's not I think part of it is like they're not clear they're not clear and actually my yeah. animal communicate I'm starting an animal communication program just a four-week program starting this oh. week and I, we have the previous students they are in a Facebook group together and they support one another and we were just talking about that when an animal is lost they're anxious and so the, yeah. the the timeline is just so not linear and I've worked on many and I've worked with like in tandem with an, an other animal communicator and we have to ask like are your feet on the ground right now because even asking yeah. them if they're alive or not is hard to tell because they're like astral because they're freaked out and they're lost and you know and you're seeing yeah. pictures of different things and then of course it's like you know, they're showing uh, this one. I remember I'm like, oh, I'm seeing these little small signs. It's like a little sign. It's like green. It has some writing on it. Of course, they can't read. And the person's like, <laughs> yes, this is, a, this is a two, you know, mile square foot condo complex with recycled water only grass signs all over the place. And I'm like, oh, oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. You've just <laughs> described every single like sidewalk. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good for me to hear too, because I always feel bad, like, mm. especially I mean, again, unless it's really, really, really clear, like they know what happened, like mm-hmm. that one that got hit by a car, a car a few weeks ago, they were saying they felt bad because they knew what happened and they mm-hmm. felt like they let their owner down, which was really sad. Oh, poor baby. But it was really clear. Oh, okay, this is what happened. But yeah, yeah it's good to know I'm not the only one because I'm like, yeah. I don't want to take these. <laughs> Where are they? It's because it's hard. It's yeah, hard. it does seem like they're confused. So how am I supposed to? relay that well i think the best thing that we do what this is how i have it distilled if this helps you um Mm -hmm. the human and the animal find one another and we help them with that connection so Mm, yeah we can't be oh they're you know they're standing on first and main go pick them up at two like obviously (laughs) right right, (laughs) you know that's not going to happen but we can first of all when when you actually connect with the animal, the animal then starts to get a bit grounded because they know that they're being looked for. They can get a little bit present mm-hmm. and then you're facilitating the the etheric cords, you're facilitating their bond. And then the, right. the you know what I mean? But the person also has to be still on the, anyway. But yeah, well, prayer, I do hook up a know. cord. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, what, what, prayer works and, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll sometimes tell the animal, especially if it's a dog, I'll say, you know, come out from where you're hiding and find someone who has light, you know, like they can feel and see the light around them because it oh, might be no. a person who'll help to get them where they need. I mean, all those kinds of things, but. Yeah, like with a barn 
dog yeah. i was like don't go out until you see light because yes. he could he was like blind so i didn't want him mm. to go out in the dark anyway <laughs> yeah but yeah communication cord is good too but i definitely prefer to work with animals almost in any other state yeah because i got worried and i want those animals to come home it's so mm. it's very challenging to be neutral one of the cases i went and we were we had found the cat but she kept getting scared and running from us and it was uh, like she was running all over, running all over. And this was actually that two square mile condo complex. So, you know, we kept losing her and everything. And then she just showed up home the next morning because we had first built an energetic cable cord yes. between them that she was able to reactivate. And also, I think we built a scent trail for her because she was a little bit lost. So, you know what I mean? Like, so then she right. showed up the next morning, but she'd been gone for like over a week and she couldn't figure out how to get home. She was very disoriented. So yeah. again, they found each other. They figured it out, and but yeah, we yeah. But I left that night at like three in the morning, soaking wet because it was raining, and mm, just God. the kitty was out there running from bush to bush, and we couldn't get her. You know, we couldn't Ugh. get her to get out of that fight flight. Yeah, so, it's good to use it. You could have yeah. a trap maybe next time. If you yeah, ever. I know she didn't have one, but you know, oh, and they yeah. and I think they were. Oh, actually, I think I did bring her one. They did have one. That's right. They did have one with oh, food okay. and everything, but she just kept you know not getting there. She anyway, didn't want to do it. Yeah. I, I feel like we could just talk all day. I feel like we're <laughs> sitting together having coffee and just talking. I know it does. Um, all right, so um, we talked about the contracts, the past lives. We talked about animals and babies and um also magic monday tell folks a little bit about magic monday if uh and, and uh, by the yeah. way natasha's links all of that of course as always are in the description however you're listening or watching but tell folks about magic monday yeah so magic monday is a podcast about um well our tagline is all the ways that we use um, I think, oh, Tess is always one who says it, <laughs> the magic in our everyday lives. So I have a segment called the energy report where I talk about essentially um, I'll notice from my readings that week, what the energy is like, what people are dealing with on a kind of mass level. And I talk about that and then I give a little energy healing tip to deal with that. And Tess has a ritual. Her segment's called practical magic and we um we have inter we interview people sometimes we um pick a card for the week and you know talk about the energy of that week and yeah i mean it's fun and funny i hope and i think a lot of people get a lot of um tools magic and and energy healing tools yes it's a really yeah. great podcast you guys go oh, thanks check it out is and so do you have an episode every monday is that why it's called magic yeah monday? okay mm -hmm. yeah. that's right <laughs> yeah and we answer questions too yeah people that people email or or comment mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah 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 you it's guys fun. are amazing really great work and like you said your husband produces it and he had he does the music is that right he yeah. adds little <laughs> he, he doesn't actually Tessa's partner does that's right, did the does opening the music. music that's yeah. right because my husband's also a composer and so he does my music that's right oh that's that. fun <laughs> yeah my husband does just like the little sound bitey thing the little um music after our segments yeah we have things yeah so awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. We we love doing it. And it's been really nice way like we've built a little community. It feels like people are really getting a lot from it. it it's nice. I I'm an Aquarius, it. so I love community and it feels like a nice community. Oh, that's nice. My husband's an Aquarius too. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. When's his birthday? Um February 15th. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm January oh, 29th. Okay. Oprah's oh, birthday. What? That's my dad's birthday. <laughs> That is crazy that you're saying that because do you know that I have four friends whose dads have my birthday? Oh, weird. Isn't that weird? And they've all had really difficult relationships with their dads, every single one. But I just want to say, not to say anything bad about male Aquarians, but I do feel male and female Aquarians are very different. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, I hope I'm not on the inside a terrible dad because literally not one of them has had a like, oh, I have such a great relationship with my dad. 
<laughs> so funny. I should just ask people, when's your dad's birthday when I meet them? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about your Aquarian dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, this has been so amazing. Is there uh, anything else you want to share with that, folks um, before I let you go? Because I've just, I could just keep you here all day, and this has been really amazing. I know. It's so fun. Um, I'll just say, yeah, that if you go to my website, Highest Light Healing, that's what I, that's the name of my um, business. And um, yeah, if you go to the website, you can schedule a reading if you want one or sign up for my newsletter. I do one every week and um, I'm starting to do blog posts every week about um, just ways to help people, especially during the holidays right now. Um is I think it's hard for sensitive people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of energy going around, a lot of family yeah. visits and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, that's about it, I think. Well, this has been really just so fun. And yeah, thank maybe, you. Maybe you'll come back another time. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be it. really fun. Be I know. So I fun. feel like we could talk another hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, of course, if you're ever in Los Angeles, again, um, you used to live here, but if you ever come visit, then you could come in studio or uh, yeah. come hang out. And um, But it's been really amazing. Thank you for the work that you do, all of it, and for sharing. Oh. And thank you and Tess for Magic Monday. And um, I really appreciate you for coming on. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Natasha Levenger, everyone, go to highestlighthealing.com to see all that she does and to check out Magic Monday. And thank you so much for coming to this podcast. I would love it if you would like, subscribe, share, comment, review the podcast. Oh, my goodness, that helps so much. And if you are listening to this in somewhere along the timeline of it publishing, then I have coming up the continuation of my mini-series of episodes, um, The Metaphysics of the Bible. The next episode will be coming out this week. And keep checking the podcast and the YouTube channel because I'm doing mini episodes between these major episodes, between the full-length ones on different topics. And uh, I really love connecting with you guys. And so um, I guess that will do it for this amazing episode. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. (music) 